We've been doing this series called Habits. Um, if you've been here, you've heard some of it. Today's going to be kind of a recap of the last two weeks. Um, but when my wife and I, we've been married for 10 years, over 10 years now. When we first got married, um, I, the first like year or two we got married, I had a New Year's resolution. And my New Year's resolution that year was to get in shape. I had not worked out um, in years at that point, probably since high school, since I, was, uh, since I played sports. That was the last time I worked out. Um, so I was like, you know what? I want to start getting in shape. It's New Year's. I'm doing New Year's resolution. My New Year's resolution is to be in shape, is to start working out. So if you know me, you might notice. If you don't, um, then, then I'll, I'll tell you. But um, that was dumb. I, I'm not a person. I am not a person who slowly jumps into something. When I decide I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. For example, um, years ago, I got into graphic novels. I'm a comic book nerd, and I went in, and I started reading them every day. I bought as many as I could. I got into vinyls a couple years ago, and I'm still into that, so I buy a lot more vinyls than my bank account likes for me to buy. So I go, I go right in. So at this point, I was like, all right, I'm going to start working out, so I'm not just going to go for a run because running sucks. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to like go in, and I was like, I'm not going to join a gym because I've done that before. I don't have time to do the gym. So I'm going to do this program. Uh, this thing it's called Insanity. Some of you know what Insanity is. If you don't, Insanity is an exercise program that does um, high-intensity interval training. Um, it, there's no weights you're lifting, but instead it's like burpees and mountain climbers and those the things that all of us hate doing, that's all it is. And these, these programs are 45 minutes long, so they're not short, and you really work out a sweat, you, you, it's bad. My wife said, hey, I'll do it with you. We, I, I'd like to work out some more, so I'll do it with you. I said, all right, let's do it together. And then we're looking at our schedule. Like, all right, the only time that makes sense for us is to do it um, before we go to work. So we decided we're going to do it at 6 o'clock in the morning. Now, if you know me, you know this. Um, uh, I, I like sleeping. My wife loves sleeping. Her, I think it's her favorite thing to do. She, if, if it was her choice, she would sleep in late. She'd go to bed early and nap during the day. That'd be a perfect day for her. I'm a night person. So um, I like to sleep, sleep in a little bit. So us doing, the, so to recap, I'm a man who doesn't like to get up early, and I never work out. And I decide, January 1st, I'm going to get up at 6 in the morning every single day and do insanity. First Monday we woke up, and we did it. Um, I threw up halfway through. <laughs> no joke. I went outside and puked. Uh, but man, I got to get a workout in, and we, get, we did it. We did it again on Tuesday. Everything was fine. Wednesday was our rest day. We took a rest. Thursday, we did it again. Friday, we did it again. We accomplished that week. We wanted to do it four times that week. We did it. We're like, this is nothing. We, New Year's resolution, we got it. And then the weekend happened, and then Monday came. And Monday, the alarm went off. My wife and I, who both love sleeping, and we're like, yeah, today's not the day. We're doing insanity. We're taking a break today. That week, we, uh, we did it twice. It's not bad, but not our goal. By the end of January, we were done doing insanity. We spent all this money to buy this program, and we were done. We weren't doing it anymore. That's how quickly my New Year's resolution was completely gone. What was the problem? The problem wasn't that I didn't have the drive. I had some of the drive. Um, I wanted to do it. But I decided that this goal I was going to do was way too big and way too lofty for me to actually make it a reality. I really just couldn't do it. And this happens to most of us. That is why throughout this series, we've been looking at two things. We've been looking at the book, Atomic Habits. If you are looking for a book to read, I highly recommend that book. Um, a lot of the series, what we're talking about is coming straight from that book. And we're looking from a sermon series from Craig Rochelle. And what we are doing throughout this series is we're helping you to create doable, achievable, and lasting habits. And the way we're going to do that is by starting small. So here's, here's what we want to do. Small tasks 
done consistently creates habits. That's what it does. It doesn't feel like much at first, that one little small habit or small task that we are doing. Maybe for you, it's it's just you're deciding you're going to make the bed every day. It's, it's small. It didn't feel like it's that big a deal. Or maybe you decide you're going to drink water right when you wake up. Or you're going to do five push-ups every day. You're going to read one Bible verse every day. It's one small thing, but small tasks, when you do them consistently over time, it creates habits. A habit is formed. Our brains are fascinating. Our brain's goal is to be as efficient as it possibly can be. That's what it does. It will rewire itself so that it can be efficient, so you don't have to think about things anymore, and it creates habits in order to do that. So think about your morning routine. Maybe you get up and you hopefully brush your teeth. Maybe you drink some water. You make some coffee. You get dressed. You get the kids dressed. If your brain had to relearn how to do that every single day, you would be mentally exhausted by the time breakfast is over. So what it does, it creates a habit. Mostly when you brush your teeth, you're not even thinking about it. You're just naturally doing it because it's turned into a habit. And this is a good thing and a bad thing. This can be a very good thing if you're doing good things. If you have a habit of drinking water or eating healthy food or cleaning before bed or making your bed, it's just a habit now. You don't even think about it anymore. Maybe you have habits of eating junk food really late. Because for some reason, those chips taste way better after 9 p.m. They haven't done any studies on this, but I'm pretty sure there's some kind of study that says that it just tastes better after 9 p.m. Maybe you have a habit of drinking soda or smoking or looking at your phone. It is just your brain has just rewired itself to just naturally do it and naturally crave it. There's nothing, it's just a good or bad thing, it does that. Because small tasks, when you do them consistently over time, your brain makes it a habit. And since we know that, We want to develop godly habits, and here's why. Developing godly habits will produce godly character. Now, when I say godly habits, if you're here and you would consider yourself a follower of of Jesus, uh, when I say godly habits, I don't just mean spiritual disciplines, but I am going to say this. You should be doing, if you say right now, I believe in Jesus, I believe that he died for me, and I repent, if that's you, there are spiritual disciplines that you should be doing, that all of us should be doing. There shouldn't, you should be reading your Bible every day. All of us should be doing it. We should be praying every day. We should be going to church every week. Not when it's convenient, not when you can, not when there's not a brunch special. Every week. There's no more Ravens games, so you guys can show up, okay? Um, we should, there are certain things. We should, all should be serving. We all should be giving. If you are a follower of Jesus, we all, that's something we all should be doing. I'm not just talking about spiritual disciplines here. I'm talking about godly habits. Beyond those habits, any habit that makes you a better version of yourself, whatever those habits is, whether it's a physical one, a spiritual one, an emotional one, a mental one, whatever it is, those habits are godly habits because they're helping you be the person God has called you to be. Developing godly habits will produce godly character. Here's how the book of Hebrews says it. It says it this way, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Here he's alluding a little bit to um, being baptized as well, but it goes beyond that. But um, for this, it's, it's more than just that. It's becoming new daily, being cleansed daily. He continues on in verse 22 or 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we, prof- we profess, for he who promised is faithful. We hold on to hope knowing that who we are through God through our faith, God is cleansing us, is changing us, is purifying us. Verse 24, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love 
and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit, there's that key word that we're looking for, are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Create the habit. It talks about the habit of meeting together, but the habit of growing in your faith, the habit of being who God has called you to be. That is the goal that we all should have. But like we've talked about already, none of this is a goal problem. Because if I ask everyone, in fact, I'll do it really quick. How many of you would like to be a little healthier this year? Show of hands. Okay. Those of you who don't have your hands are liar, but that's fine. That's fine. You're only in church. Um, how many of you would like to grow closer to God this year? That's your goal. Okay. Good. Every hand in the air. See, we all have the same goals, right? All of us have those goals that we want to do. But how come some of us don't get there and some of us do? How, it's not a goal problem anymore. But even though we have the same goals, a lot of us never become who we want to be. And here's what it's kind of like. I'm going to show you a little uh, illustration here. And I'm going to hopefully not hurt myself doing this illustration. This is how we start. Who I am. That's who we are today. The person that we are, the habits that we have, the things that we're trying to do. And then over here is who we want to be. So a lot of us are standing right here. This is who I am. Today, this is the person I am. And we have this goal all the way over there that one day I want to be that person. I want to be a better parent. I want to be a better spouse. I want to read the entire Bible this year. I want to be whoever that person is that we want to be. But just like I did with insanity, some of us make this goal way too far. Then all of a sudden, I'm going to try to jump, and I'm praying. If, if I hurt myself, though, you're going to remember. So we're here, and we just say, okay, I'm just trying to get there. And then we just try to get as far. I know that was a wimpy jump, but I was not going to fall. We try to get all the way over here. And all of a sudden, who we are here and who we want to be, it's so far away that we're, like, we're, we're never actually going to make it. Our goal is too far from who, who we want to be, and all of a sudden we fall short and we decide, you know what, maybe it's a, I'm, not, I'm just not that person. Maybe I'm not disciplined enough to work out all that, all that time. Maybe I'm not godly enough to be the Christian I want to be. Maybe I'm just not meant to be a husband or a wife or be a parent because I just can't be the person I want to be. This is who I am today, but I just can't seem to get all the way over here. Here's how Hebrews says it. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Because that's really what this is. This is a call to holiness. This is a call for us to change and to grow. A call that most of us want. We all have the same goals. Yet it feels like we're jumping from all the way over here, and we're never actually going to make it to where we're trying to go. So today, I want to talk to you about two things. Two things we need to remember when it comes to going from who we are today, who I am, who I want to be. Number one is this, and you can write this on your impact cards. Small habits are greater than big goals. Small habits are greater than big goals. The reason why so many of us don't make this big old jump and this leap from who I am to who I want to be is because we make the goal just way too big to achieve. So maybe for us, instead of deciding, you know what, I'm going to cut out all sugar this year, we say, you know what, I'm just going to stop drinking a soda every day. I don't know what that was. Um, or maybe I'm just not going to eat dessert. Maybe that's our goal. Instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to read, I, I don't read the Bible, I'm going to read the entire Bible this year. Instead, we go, you know what, I'm just going to read one chapter a day. You know what, I'm just going to read one verse a day. I'm just going to start small, 
Small habits are greater than big goals. Instead of deciding to do 45 minutes of insanity four days a week at 6 a.m., you decide to do 10 push-ups every day. You decide to do a 20-minute workout three times a week. You decide to go for a walk around your neighborhood every day. Small habits are greater than big goals. But that is what's frustrating. We love to have these big goals, and we want to accomplish it, and we want to see direct results when we start it, but we simply don't. So here's how most of us think our habits should be, and we actually have a diagram for you. You can draw this as well. This is how a lot of us think our habits should go. Whatever that new habit is that you're trying to do, however much time we put into it, that's exactly how many results we should get. I'm going to the gym. I should lose some weight immediately. I stopped eating sugar. I should lose some weight. I, I start reading my Bible. I feel closer to God. Right away, we feel like we should, whatever time we put in, if we got the exact same results, all of us would keep our New Year's resolutions, wouldn't we? If we got the results we, need, we, we were looking for right away, if every time you went to the gym, you lost a pound, we would all go to the gym consistently. If every time we didn't eat out or buy that coffee, our savings account just got up and all of a sudden we're like, oh, a whole week of not drinking coffee. I've, I put $200 in my savings account. Look at that. Like, if we saw that, then we would keep doing it. If every time we read scripture, we felt closer to God, a lot of us would be able to continue to read our Bibles. If habits work like this, we would all accomplish them. But that's not how they work. In fact, this is how our habits work. Most of the time when we start, we don't see any change. We don't see any growth. We don't see anything. This is about February, March. We've been going to the gym. I don't lose any weight. I've been reading my Bible. I don't feel any closer to God. I, I've been doing the dishes for my spouse, and our marriage still is terrible. I've been making my bed every day. I don't feel any more disciplined. And all of a sudden, it's, it, it almost goes down at first. But then, once we get to a certain point, it skyrockets up. And all of a sudden, we see a habit form that really starts to change who we are. The problem is, is this gap right here. This is where your 2021 New Year's resolution probably is. Right there. It's this gap between what we expect and what actually happens that, that a lot of us fail and fall short. And as a follower of Jesus, this is so much more than just our habits that we need to understand this. This is so much more than that because this gap is in all of our lives. And if you read scripture, the scripture is full of gaps. You look at the story of Moses, of David, of Ruth, Daniel, Joseph. God says, here's my promise for you. And then there's a gap between the results. Say, hey, this is what's going to happen. And then 40 years in the desert, finally it happens. We see that constantly throughout scripture. This gap is life. It's not just for our habits. It's who we are. So when we create the discipline of continuing our small habits, in, even in the midst of that gap, we are not only just retraining our mind to do those habits, we're not only preserving until we see exponential growth, we are preparing ourselves for the gaps of God's promises. That is why we as followers of Jesus should be the most disciplined people possible, because this is training ourselves for those gaps. There's so much more than just a good habit. This is reshaping who you are. This is being intentional about pursuing all God wants you to be so that you can be ready for all God has in store for you. Galatians 6, 9 says it this way, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we do not give up. 
Results are always a lagging measure of our habits. Number two, who you are is greater than what you do. When we create our habits, too often we have a system when it comes to our habits that we have out of order. Here's what we normally do. We normally think, number one, the first thing I have to do is figure out what I need to do. I, I, I know it's New Year's resolution. This is what I need to do. This is exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to read my Bible all the time. I'm going to read, drink water, whatever it is. And then we go, okay, how am I going to accomplish the do? How am I going to get that done? And then becomes who we are. Do how we do it. Here's who I am today. Because I did this the way I thought I was going to do it, now I'm finally the person that I want to be. But that system is backwards. No, it should start from the who. Who do I want to be? Who am I today? And if, if I am a follower of God, then how does a follower of God act? So this is what I'm going to do. It starts backwards. I mean, think of it this way. What if we started with the do rather than the who in everything else we do? Like, if, if you looked at your marriage as do rather than who, not like, hey, I, I know I'm a husband and, and she's my wife no matter what. If it was about the do first, that means that she or he has to do something in order for them to be your spouse. Your, your marriage will be set up for failure. That's why some marriages don't work out. If your kids, for example, if, if, if it was all about what they do rather than who they are, man, we'd be terrible parents. For me, I have three kids, and they are terrible at cleaning up. If they were only my kids, and I only loved my kids, when they did what I asked them to do, I would never love them because they never clean up the first, second, third, fifth, a hundredth time I asked them to, right? It's not, we don't do it that way. Our faith is not about the do over the who. It's not about do as in what you do, how good of a person you are. It's not what it is. It's about who you are, a son and daughter of the king. The gospel message is about changing your identity. You start here, that no matter what I do, God loves me and I can repent. And because of that love, I can now move closer and work on my spiritual disciplines and react a certain way. That's the gospel message, that you are a new creation. Your identity drives your behavior. Here's how Romans says it, Romans chapter 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper, proper worship. You want to worship God that we need to offer our lives and submit it and surrender our lives to God as a living sacrifice. Verse 2, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed, changing, become new, change, transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Be transformed. It's a process of changing. It's your small daily task that over time transforms who you are by renewing your mind, re rewiring your mind, changing the way you think. So here's what it's really like. Instead of going from here, who I am, and making this big jump to who I want to be, instead of making this big goal, we understand who we are. We say, you know what? I'm not just someone that's trying to be healthy. I'm healthy. And because I'm healthy, I'm going to do this. You know what? Uh, uh, the James Clear has this great illustration in Atomic Habits. If you're someone that's smoking and you want to stop smoking, you don't say, no, I'm trying to quit. You say, no, I don't smoke, so I'm not going to smoke. You change your identity. Who I am to who I want to be. It all starts with one small little habit. Say, so you know what? I want to be a closer follower of God, so I'm just going to read one verse a day. I want to be a better spouse, so I'm going to just do the dishes. One small thing. 
pick up after myself. Maybe um, I want to, I want to, I'm, I'm going to be a person that's healthy, so I'm just going to do 10 push-ups a day. One small little habit after another. Then all of a sudden, this big jump that felt like you were never going to make it, because you understand who you are in Christ, now it's just one small habit after another small habit, another small habit. And before you know it, over time, it's like compound interest. It builds over time. And who you are, who you were then, that's not who you are today, a year later, two years later, because of the small habits that you put into your life. That is our goal as followers of Jesus. I'm going to close with this um, illustration. And it's an illustration that you maybe have heard before. It's uh, about the Chinese bamboo tree. Chinese bamboo tree, assuming you don't know much about the Chinese bamboo tree, like I didn't, um, it starts like any other tree. It's a little seed that you put in the ground that after you water, it eventually grows. But here's what's different about the Chinese bamboo tree. You have to water it every single day. And then in five years, you will see it grow. Five years it takes for you to see anything happen with the Chinese bamboo tree. So think about it. Think about someone that's watering that tree for the first time. You go a week watering one spot, nothing happens. You go a month watering that spot, you don't see anything different. You go a year watering that one spot, your spouse thinks you're crazy. Like, why are you? watering that spot. You go three years watering the same spot every single day without seeing a single thing. Three years. And all of a sudden, your neighbor's going to look at you like, what is that person doing watering the same, the same spot of dirt every single day? Three years. Four years go by. You're watering that. At that point, you're like, did I put it here? They put the seed over there. Four years of watering the same spot every single day. But after year five, Chinese bamboo tree, it breaks through the soil, and it doesn't just grow. It grows. After five years of what seems like inactivity, the Chinese bamboo tree grows 90 feet in six weeks. Once it comes through the soil, it grows 90 feet in six weeks. To us, watering the seed doesn't seem like anything's happening. Every day, we're just wasting our time watering the same spot to see nothing change. But underneath the soil, the seed is preparing. The soil is shifting. Things are changing. Some of you are here, and you have this, and you've been trying for a while, and you're this close to giving up. Maybe I'm just not a disciplined person. Maybe I'm just not a good spouse. Maybe I'm just not a good parent. You're this close to giving up. Maybe it's to give up on your finances, on your marriage, on your friendships, on your health, on your church, on your faith. You're this close because you are just tired. You've been watering the same seed for so long and nothing has changed. Here's what I want to tell you today. Don't give up. You may be in year three. You may be in year four. And I get it. You're watering. It feels like nothing is happening. You feel like you're wasting your time. You aren't. You just can't see what God's doing underneath the soil. But if you stop watering now, there's a chance that it will never come to pass. Keep going. Don't believe the lies that you aren't disciplined, that you just aren't patient enough, that you're just in a bad marriage is going to be 
to what it is, that you're just a bad parent, that you just aren't healthy, that you just aren't financially stable, it's just not who I am, I'm never going to be a person, don't believe it. Keep going. Keep establishing those small habits one by one that feel like it's not much, that feel like you're not getting that many results. Just keep going. Keep establishing them. But over time, as you continue to water the soil, it may take years, but you will see results. I promise you that God is faithful. You just have to keep going. Can we pray? God, I thank you that you are the God that invites us to change, invites us to look more like you, that comes to us first, gives us that chance and that hope, that changes our identity, and from there, you lead us to the power of your Holy Spirit to look more like you. So I pray for the people in this room that feel like they've been watering that same seed for years. They're ready to give up. God, I, I pray that today you just reveal yourself to them. Give them the courage and the strength to keep going, knowing that one day we will see the results that you promised because you are a God that fulfills the promises you've given us. You are faithful. You are for us. And our goal is to grow to look more like you by the small things we do, knowing who we are, son and daughter of you. And I thank you for being a God who gives us a new identity. Help us today to live through that identity. In your son's name, amen. And let's, and let's sing this closing song together.